God is good all the time. God is good, brothers and sisters, and I trust you've experienced that in some way this week. God is good in the midst of all, and it is such a blessing to be gathered with brothers and sisters who are of like-minded faith to worship our Heavenly Father. It is a privilege. Let's not take it for granted. Quick notes, looking forward to Wednesday nights gathering to talk about the work of the church. Excited about that. The title for my message this morning is Squash the Big Eye. Squash the Big Eye. Before we go there, this past Friday we had a funeral service for Mary Horning. And I was again reminded of the brevity of life. We're all going to die. And we sang, we sang some songs, and I again was reminded that in singing, we are drawn to God. We sing at a wedding. We sing at a funeral. It is an attitude of worship. And I feel kind of like King Saul this morning, a little disturbed, and I feel like I need a, a little sense of peace and on Friday, there was a, a quartet that sang a couple songs for the family at their request. And I was just so blessed, and I wanted to share that with you. Now, all four arrived this morning. I prayed spe- a specific request to God that all four would be here. And so I'm going to ask if the quartet who sang at the funeral would come front. I have your music here this morning. Come on front, Nate. You've done it to other people. didn't give them any warning, so we have no, uh, we have, we, we don't have any uh, expectations, there's my word. So be blessed by these, by these two songs. So brothers and sisters, no stress, just worship the Lord.
Just over yonder, beyond the river, there is a city of pure delight, where many loved ones are congregating in robes of victory of purest white. Just over yonder. Thank you, Nate, Joe, Hetty, Emily. It was a little taste. They sang five songs, and it was a beautiful time. So thank you for doing that this morning, putting you on the spot. They may never say yes to me again. I would like all the children to stand up. Anybody 18 and younger, 
Yes, 18 and younger, I called you children. Look around. Brothers and sisters, this is the next generation. This gets me excited. Children, you guys are going to be the ones up front here in a couple years. You're going to be the ones up front here leading. Moms and dads, we have a gift and a, a privilege before us. Thank you. You may be seated. Two verses. Matthew 19, 14 says, But Jesus said, Suffer little children and forbid them not to come unto me, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. Luke 18, 17 says, Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child shall in no wise enter therein. Children are a blessing, and we have a lot to learn from children. So yes, children, you can teach your parents. Adults, we have a lot to learn from children. And in these two cases, the verses that I read, the children wanted to come to Jesus, and the disciples turned them away. And Jesus says, no, bring them to me. They're a blessing. And except you become like a little child, you're not going to enter into heaven. In the midst of his teaching and his healing, he brought forth these two verses. Now as we look at children, we have some things that actually portray some truths about us as adults. Did you ever watch children play? How do they play? Nicely sometimes? Did you ever see them uh, not wanting to share their toys? Yes, that is a common occurrence in children. As children play, no, that toy is mine. And I just watched some of that this week. No, it's my toy, not wanting to share. Or fighting over one color of basket when... There's another basket right there, a little different color they don't want to play with. As I look at a child not sharing, what's the root problem there? Selfishness, right? I want. No, I want that. But did you ever see the peace that comes when they do share? Oh, that is glorious. Sometimes it takes a little nudging from a parent Oh, no, you can share the toy. But when, there is, when they are sharing and playing together nicely, there is peace. Adults aren't too much different than children. So when we watch children and watch those, the human nature come out, let that be a sign to us that we are very similar as adults. Those same things that come out in children, hopefully, we've learned how to uh, suppress and share and release our selfish ambitions for the good of others around us. But deep down in, there will always be that human push for self. I want. The problem is the big I. I want. Where does that come from? Let me read you two verses and see if you can tell me who said these verses. I will ascend into heaven. 
I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend upon the heights of the cloud. I will be like the Most High. Satan. Lucifer. Those words come from Isaiah 14. When it says, Oh, Lucifer, you were cut down because you said. And what is the, what is the common word in, in those two verses I read? I. I will. I will sit there. I will ascend. I will be like the Most High. Brothers and sisters, the root cause of the I, the big I, goes back to Satan. Wanting his own way. Wanting to be God. Wanting to be in control. So the big eye, can we see it? We can't always see the selfishness. We see the effects of it. When somebody is selfish, specifically in a child playing, we see the effects of them fighting or crying when they don't get their way. There's also something about the big eye. It can be hidden. So there's been cases where I encourage my children to share their toys. That's one way selfishness comes forth. And they share and they walk away, but they don't have a smile on their face. What are they doing? Lower lips out, they're pouting. Did they actually get rid of the big eye? No. They just shared the toy because dad told me, because mom told me. That selfishness is still in there and they're not happy that they had to share. That they had to release what they wanted. So brothers and sisters, this morning I want us, I'm going to look at a simple story. And we're going to look at some simple truths about the big eye that we battle with. And ways we can squash the big eye that continues to come up. And this is a... Just a testimony of what God has been speaking to me recently about the big I, the pride, the selfishness that I think that I see present in my own life all too often. So let's learn how to squash the big I. Turn with me to Matthew 19 is where we're going to be looking at the story this morning. Matthew 19. And again, we're coming in at the verse where Jesus just blessed the children. So the children were wanting to come to Jesus, and the disciples turned them away and said, No, you can't come. Jesus said, No, suffer the little children to come unto me, because for of such is the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them and blessed them. Matthew 19, verse 16. We leave that story. And now who comes up? A rich young roller. And as we go down through these verses, I'm going to, to paraphrase a bit. And he comes up and he says, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I have eternal life? Is this a good question? Yes. Absolutely. Good question. Jesus, what should I do? What must I do to make sure I live eternally? Notice, I, I have this feeling that it's in the presence of other people. We'll get this idea later. So Jesus, uh, the young roller comes up to Jesus and asks this question. This is Jesus' response. And he said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but God. And almost Jesus looking at him like, Sir, why are you calling me good? Only God is good. 
But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. So I can almost picture him looking at, sir, only God is good. But if you want to enter into it, follow the commandments. The commandments that you have, follow them. That will get you to life eternal. And so what does the man say? He says, which one? I know them all, Jesus. Which one must I, which one should I follow? Which one is going to get me there to eternity? Jesus says, thou shalt not murder. Don't commit adultery. Don't steal. Don't bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother. And thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Okay. What does the young man say? <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. I followed all this. I'm good to go. But I've followed them all my life. But I'm, am I missing something? What do I lack? And Jesus said unto him, If thou wilt be perfect, go and sell that thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. Sir, you are following the commandments, but your heart is not in it. So go sell all that you have and come follow me. You can join my disciple clan. But the young man heard that saying and he went away sorrowful. For he had great possessions. Was that the problem? All the possessions? We'll come back to that. So the man leaves. He did not want to heed what Jesus was saying, asking him to do. And then Jesus turned to his disciples and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, A rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. And again I say unto you, It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. We, we know this verse. This is a familiar verse to us. And give a, little, give a little context. In Jerusalem, there was a little gate. And when the camels had to come, uh, came up to enter the city, they had to remove all the belongings off of the camels so the camel could fit through. So it is believed that Jesus was creating an analogy to that. In that same way, it is so difficult for a rich man to get to heaven and he has to release it all to get in. So Jesus is drawing a comparison. So the disciples are sitting here, okay, wow. They just observed this God, or Jesus, telling this young man, follow the commandments, and so all that you have. And now Jesus turns to them and says, if you have riches, it's going to be hard for you to enter into heaven. Verse 25, when his disciples heard it, they were exceedingly amazed and saying, who then can be saved? Jesus, you're making this impossible. You're saying it's hard to get into heaven. So how in the world, Jesus, are we going to be saved? But Jesus beheld them and said unto him, With men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Then Peter said unto him, Behold, we've forsaken all and followed thee. What shall we have therefore? So Peter says, Oh, oh we're good. So Jesus, I'm with you. I forsook my family. I'm, I'm with you. What am I going to get now? Because I did sell all that I had. Verse 28. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto you, that ye which have followed me in the regeneration, when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, ye shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. 
and every one that hath forsaken houses, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my name's sake, so receive an hundredfold, and shall inherit everlasting life. But many that are first shall be last, and the last first. And the disciples sit there in awe. So now, as we look at this story, a young man coming to Jesus with an honest question. We recognize this question was good. What can we learn about the big eye? Or the selfishness is that in the heart of, of us all? How do we squash that big eye? Can I get, let me say it this way. If I would ask for a raise of hands, who's all selfish? Would you raise your hand? It's in the heart of us all. It's human nature. And when we take on the mind of Christ, when we become a Christian, we put away that. We push it down. But it will continue to try to creep in. It will, brothers and sisters. But the first step to squashing the big eye, we're going to get to this later, is sacrifice. And that is sacrificing, surrendering your life. So... How can we continue to squash the big eye, the selfishness that wants to arise in all of us? Even through good intentions or ambitions. The first uh, thing I think I learned as I looked at this story is this rich, rich young ruler comes to Jesus and he asks a good question. But do you think his motive was right? Obviously not. Because he left sorrowful. He didn't actually follow through with what Jesus told him. You see, the big eye can be hidden. Watch your deep, deepest motives. The hidden motive is what matters. That determines whether you are listening to the big eye or the selfishness. I could have selfish reasons for being up here. I want to make my message sound good. I want people to say I did a good job. That's the big eye. But I'm up here doing a good thing. The big eye can creep in so quickly. Just because you have, just because you're doing something right doesn't mean the heart is where it should be. So first thing we can learn about the big eye, it can be hidden and subtle. So check your motives. Check your intentions. Two bad signs of selfishness or the big eye. Too high self-confidence. What do we see here when Jesus names the commandments? How does the young man respond? <laughs> I followed them all. Hmm. Self-confidence is a good thing, but self-confidence can go too far. Two bad signs of the big eye is too high of self-confidence. Make sure you do not have high confidence in yourself. Another thing is writing people off. So this man comes to Jesus, and Jesus says, All right, young man, if you really want to serve me, get rid of all that you have and come follow me. And what does he do? He turns away and walks away. The sign of the big eye is when we don't want to listen to others. So if you struggle with listening to what other people have to say, that may be a sign 
that you're listening to the big eye or the selfishness that is in you. Value other people's opinions is a way we can squash that tendency. So again, two bad signs of listening to the big eye or letting the big eye get bigger is having too high confidence in yourself and writing people off. Another thing about the big eye that tends to rise up in us and bring selfishness, a selfish desire, is this. What does he say in verse 23 and 24? It is hard for a rich man to enter heaven. Riches tend to feed the big eye. Be careful with riches. And we are in a land of wealth and prosperity. We are blessed. But there is a tendency in that to rise up the big eye, to create selfish wants and ambitions. Oh, I can afford this or that. And riches are not wrong. But what does the verse say? The love of money, right? Jesus here points to this young man. Well, after the young man left and didn't want to listen, after he wrote him off, he turns to his disciples and says, be careful because riches tend to make the big eye bigger. It feeds the big eye. So be careful with riches. Be careful with what you have. It tends to feed the selfishness in you. And that's coming from Jesus. And last of all, last thing I learned about the selfishness in us is this. The key to squashing the big eye is sacrifice. What does Jesus say in verse 29? If you forsake your houses, your brothers, your sisters, your mothers, your fathers, everything, if you forsake it all, if you sacrifice, you might have worked all your life for it. If you sacrifice that to follow me, then you will have life eternal. Brothers and sisters, I think that I know the key to continuing to squash ourselves is to sacrifice for Christ, for the church, for others around us. When we sacrifice and say no to our wants and desires, we continue to push the selfishness that's want, that wants to arise. So in this story of the young ruler coming to Jesus, I see these truths. The big eye can be hidden. Two bad signs. Self-confidence and writing people off. Riches tend to feed the selfishness within us. Be careful. And the key to squashing it is sacrifice. Continuing to say no. Giving until it hurts. So I don't know where you're at. What your tendency is with selfishness. We all have our different struggles with that. But continue to fight the selfish desire that wants to come up in you. Check your ambitions. Beware of the big eye. The heart is the root. God is the judge. You see, we see symptoms. When we see children not playing together nicely, it's a symptom of the selfishness inside. When we see people acting selfishly, adults, in various ways, it's a sign of the heart. Another thing I want to point out as I think about the riches, just a reminder as we think about riches breeding or feeding selfishness, your heart will follow your treasure. So if you want your heart to be with God, continually to put your treasure there and your heart will follow. Maybe that means your money, 
Maybe that means your time. I don't know what it is. For each of us, it's different. Whatever God has given us, where you put your treasure, that's where your heart will follow. You ever heard the phrase, money talks, right? And I believe it is true here. Where we put our resources determines where we and who we follow, where our heart is. And last of all, as we think about squashing the big eye, I'm returning to this. Sacrifice is the key. Continue to say no to yourself so you can say yes to what God wants for you and what others want. I'm on a, God is showing me the selfishness that so easily creeps up in me. And sometimes my ambitions aren't what they should be because I'm selfish. Maybe I want praise or recognition. And I need to continually, I guess my key phrase going away from here is delegate. I need to get other people, let other people do things to help me. That is one way the selfishness in me is continuing to creep up. As we look at the story of the rich young ruler, the truths about the big eye, I want you to go away this week asking yourself, how am I squashing? How am I going to squash the selfishness, the big eye that arises in me? And ask God to show you how you can fight that. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the truths of your word. In the story of the rich young ruler, is a vivid illustration of a heart that wasn't right. He came with good questions, but his intent, his motive was wrong. He was allowing the big eye, the selfishness to creep up in him. And I pray that as we go into our lives, as we serve you, may we continue to sacrifice. Put our resources in places where our heart can follow and continue to make intentional choices to say no to ourself to continue to squash the big eye that wants to arise in us may we look at the children around us and learn from them may we invest in them so dear god continue to show us how we can be more like you and squash the selfishness that wants to arise in us thank you in jesus name amen eddie Could have a song, please.